it's co-pilot, not autopilot. So it is here to support us as human being and not to replace us. So instead of using one hour to do the first draft, you can create your first draft within seconds and then use this hour to make it perfect. And this really shows us that the collaboration between human being and AI is super important and it even outperforms us as just a human, but even just an AI. Since the AI revolution shook up our world around a year ago, work has probably been the area of life most impacted by these new technologies. And no wonder. Modern work is all about spending less time on routine tasks and focusing on what truly matters. This and much more is exactly what AI tools empower us to do. Combining their large language capacities with our employees' expertise, we can achieve huge breakthroughs and innovation. This augmentation of human ingenuity is already being integrated into the daily lives of employees at the most future-ready organizations. Take, for instance, Microsoft Copilot, a recently launched tool that is fully integrated within Microsoft 365 and works like an AI-powered personal assistant. And within the employee engagement world, Microsoft Viva can deliver unprecedented insights into our cultures and ways of working. To explore the exciting possibilities these tools can bring to our daily lives, our guest today is someone who is deeply familiar with Microsoft's AI innovations. Pascal Brunner is the head of modern work at Campana and Schott Switzerland, where he assists companies at implementing state-of-the-art Microsoft tools for stronger collaboration and communication. Pascal, welcome to the Future Ready podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Pascal, in this um, season, we talk about AI and the implication this has on organizations, on organizational cultures. We explore uh, the role of corporate comms in implementing this. So when we talk about AI, obviously, the most relevant tool for companies, at least who are in the Microsoft um, 365 environment, is and will be Copilot, Microsoft Copilot. Now, some of our listeners probably haven't had the chance to use Copilot yet. Can you please introduce Copilot to our listeners quickly? Yes, of course. As you said, Copilot is not just a hype. It is here to stay. So in one sentence, I would say it is your personal assistant in the flow of work. So what do I mean? When we look back to the concept of teams, we have the goal to always deliver the context information directly where you are. So Microsoft called this in the flow of work. And so does Copilot. Do you mean, do you refer to Teams, Microsoft Teams or general Teams? Yeah, exactly. Sorry about Microsoft Teams. Okay. And so do Copilot. So mm -hmm. it is your AI companion where you have in your productivity tools such as Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Outlook, Teams, and so on. And you're just one click away of use this AI technology with natural language to interact with it. And I think it's important to mention it is called co-pilot, so it's not autopilot. And with that saying, it is really there to help you in your daily work to be more productive, more creative, and also to upskill your knowledge. Super interesting. So you said that it's Copilot is kind of woven into the 365 apps, such as PowerPoint, Word, Excel. Give us a sense of your day using Copilot, like from morning to evening. What are the things that you do using, like augmented by Copilot? How does it change your day? Yes, of course. Maybe also to step back, I think there is a new way how we do problem solving in our daily business. And I think this is super powerful once we understand it's not just about creating new text, uh, but really have this new mindset. How can we use AI to really support us in our daily business. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different use cases. For example, let's imagine you come back from your vacation after two weeks 
it is super hard to be aligned what's happened the last few weeks. And what makes Copilot so special or so powerful, it is really connected within your Microsoft tenants or within all the permission you have into your environment, Copilot are able to see it. So we start in the morning with the M365 chat and just ask Copilot to heads up what we've missed last week or which emails are unanswered right now. So it is kind of your personal assistant. And even when we talk about meetings, so we are able to use Copilot within meetings to not only summarize the whole meeting, but even to interact within a meeting. So let's imagine we have a quite heavily discussion about how AI can help us as an organization. And then you can ask Copilot, hey, let's sum up the discussion, what the pros and cons are, and list it in a table. And you have within seconds a quite good overview of what you discussed. And then maybe to even create the meeting notes and so on. And this really goes through the whole M365 experience. Um, also in Word, where we can maybe link to a PowerPoint presentation where we had mm -hmm. um, from a sales perspective and say, hey, please, based on this PowerPoint or maybe from an internal comms um, perspective, there is this new UICD um, come in place. We have this really beautiful within the PowerPoint. But now we would like to extract those information into a new concept in Word. And we are able to formulate this within our natural language. So just write a sentence or this called prompt. And then we are able to link to PowerPoint and Copilot are able to extract information for Copilot. And based on this information, it's going to write the, the first draft of your new work document. Mm. I think... You know, when I'm looking into the bread and butter task of communicators in a corporate comms team or internal comms, then oftentimes we spend a lot of time in, you know, working on uh, or supporting the business in implementing change any um, or communicating strategy. And, and we do work a lot on creating the toolboxes for multipliers. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, you know, for instance, you know, writing at least the first draft of a Q&A based on a PowerPoint presentation or, you know, get me the key messages or something like this. Well, I don't think this will be like perfect, ready to be used, but it's at least, I think it could be a good starting point or? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is exactly the key why, why I mentioned it's copilot and not autopilot. So, It is here to support us as human being and not to replace us. So I think this is one of the first important messages. And of course, this version is not 100% or even perfect. However, you can invest your time very wisely in just make it perfect. So mm -hmm. instead of using one hour to do the first draft, you can create your first draft within seconds and then use this hour to make it perfect. And this really shows us that the collaboration between human being and AI is super important and it even outperforms us as just a human, but even just an AI. So it's really the powerful magic in the alliance between employees and AI. And I think this is a super important skills um, nowadays. Now, um, Pascal, I get the You know, when listening to your day and, and the examples that we just discussed, I, I get the point of AI definitely helps to boost productivity. But how about creativity? How about coming up with new ideas? And oftentimes that's kind of the critique on, on ChatGPT or also the, um, the co-pilot um, solution. Obviously it's based on open AI that it's just replicates what's there. So how can we, how do you think? AI can give a, give me some examples. How do you think this can boost in a real kind of innovative thinking? In my opinion, I definitely see your point. But as I mentioned, I think it is really kind of a jumpstart for your work to then use the time to make it your really own. So 
you get inspired and even if you are not just do one prompt, but really interact with Copilot to make the draft even better and better by prompt by prompt. And I think once we've understood how we can interact with Copilot or with AI, um, we can even deliver our personal notes within. And even when we talk about um, Copilot, we have this powerful experience that it is within your company's data. So we can even learn from how we've wrote the messages in the past and use this into new tasks. So for example, um, there is a feature upcoming in Outlook that is called Sound Like Me. So what this really does, it it analyzes your hmm. oh, that's cool. right behaviors. For example, how do you write emails? And based on that, it creates your kind of AI style, how it will draft your emails. So it will be a different output when you use the functionality, sound like me, even if you does or or if you do, or if I am using this nice. um, this technology. And I think this is... So we will overcome this phase, this current phase or this temporary phase we are currently in right now, where you kind of notice when you see an email or a LinkedIn post or something that's created in ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh, with all the superlatives and so on. And I think we have to keep in mind we are... And, and the emojis. And the emojis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I even use emojis in my daily basis. So maybe this is... Um, <laughs> it would sound like you or look like you. Yeah. Not that good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, um, I think we have to keep in mind, we are really just in the beginning of this technology. So two years ago, nobody's talking about AI in, in this manner, but we just now have the possibility to explore. And of course, there is so many new features upcoming, which even helps us more in our daily basis. And I really like this, this approach with um, Sound Like Me, or for example, um, you can even use in, in PowerPoint, um, create a new PowerPoint um, based on another PowerPoint give really this individual aspects uh, within your flow of work. Nice. That's super nice. Pascal, you are deep into this technology topic. Please, I mean, you, you just said we had just started with this topic like two years ago that mm -hmm. none of this was clear. Outline to me five years ahead from now, how do you think will work look like? How do you think will work feel like? How, how do you think AI will be really kind of woven into the daily work? What is your estimate? I think five years is super hard because when we look back what happens the last 12 months, it's even mind-blowing. But I can try. So what I guess is that we are able to really concentrate in our daily work in the task where human beings are super powerful and really good at it and not to do some stupid tasks where we maybe have to uh, do some, some task day by day, but mm -hmm. really use our daily energy or daily work um, in a super good experience. Um, but how this would look like in the future, it's, to be honest, I can't state it right now, but um, what I know, AI is here to stay. And I think all the data will be connected within order because we have already now the, the capabilities to expand Copilot to your core system. So mm -hmm. for example, if you have ServiceNow in place, you can connect Copilot to ServiceNow, where it then helps, for example, the first level support to manage this kind of support um, inquiries, even in the natural language, so that they are able to focus on the harder or maybe more critical support cases. And I think everything will be connected. 
it's quite hard, but I'm super interested even um, how my personal workday uh, will look like. So you belong to the camp that sees AIs will definitely boost the employee experience, the, empl the level of employee engagement, because following your argument, we will spend less time with boring, repetitive, uh, you know, not value creating tasks and can focus on either you know, spending more time with the people we love or spending more time with more value adding creative tasks. Obviously, always talking from this kind of white color office guy, appreciate that there is, of course, a big majority of people who, um, who are working in other settings. Yeah, exactly. I, this is exactly what, what crossed my mind. I think this is kind of the perfect world scenario. However, I think it is not one or zero. Um, so I think there are even hard challenges upcoming. I'm speaking of responsible AI. How can we make sure that AI is not biased? And mm -hmm. I think there are some challenges or many challenges, but I really like the quote um, I've heard during my time in computer science where Someone said, we can't stop technology, but we can adapt or we can influence how it will be in the future. So I think it is not a question if AI is coming into our daily work, but we can influence how we will use it as a country or as an organization. I think this is super important to start right now, even with AI strategy for our organization to, to have this clear vision where and how will we use AI in, in our daily works. And yeah, I think this is one of the key challenges and one of the key to-dos right now, um, even for top management to to think about the AI strategy as an organization. Pascal, you couldn't have um, built a better bridge um, to my next um, question, which was, you know, exactly how you said, we, we cannot stop technology to enter the workplace. But what we can influence as organization is to prepare the organization, make them kind of, we call that AI ready, so that people kind of use this in a productive way, being mindful about the risks that you also highlighted and have also a, you know, kind of a, a trust in the technology and, 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 and leaning into the technology and exploring this and, instead of pushing this away and being maybe even afraid of this. Mm -hmm. Now, we also said that on this topic, we also said that, and I think we both agree on what we've already said, that this is a massive cultural shift that we will have across the globe all at the same time. It's much more than just launching a new technology. Oftentimes when, you know, when these things are launched, yet they're treated like a technology change. So IT is just releasing this somewhere, you know, clicking, okay, release co-pilot for the entire organization. And then it's suddenly there and it's like you open the box of Pandora and you just say to the organization, okay, okay, enjoy, have fun. So you really not take the organization on board and educate them and engage it with them, etc. So how do you effectively launch such a powerful tool? Yes, I think what I would like to do is let's have a look back four to five years ago, where on the one hand side, we talked about should we shift all our data into the cloud? Should we start with Teams? or Microsoft Teams as a platform. And some of the companies had this strategy, how their digital workplace look like, and others don't. And what happens was that COVID came into our daily life, unfortunately, but suddenly they have to deliver this, how can we make sure to keep up our daily work from working from home mm -hmm. and they had to to start implementing teams without any strategy mm -hmm. and they are now struggling with oh no we have a mess how we've launched teams we have no strategy we have no 
um, valid permission management, we have no governance and so on. So I think I really want to make sure that organization prevent that this happens again, because learn from the past. And as I said, think now how we should use AI and especially co-pilot in our organization. And with that, do the technical readiness, validate if there are any showstoppers for you as an organization. Mm -hmm. But most importantly is change management. So we've said that there is this new skill with prompting. And when we look how some people Google nowadays, I think it's really hard for them to make this transition into prompt engineering. And this is, as I said, a new kind of mindset or a new kind of skill that we have to have in our daily work. So it's not just about technology, to be honest, the te technological integration is mostly not that hard. Of mm -hmm. course, there are some challenges, but the, the really hard thing is how can we upskill our employees with this new technology and make sure they can use Copilot or AI in a proper way. And this is not something you just can do within days. So mm -hmm. you need also the change management strategy, the, the measurements and so on to support your employees to even then have a high return on investment for an organization. Super interesting what you said. And also, I, I like that you refer this back to the implementation of like what happened four years ago. So with Teams or back then it was called Yammer. I experienced this too when I was in a big, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, still in in-house in an organization that there was this, you know, one, it was seen as a technology implementation, not as the kind of cultural change, uh, the bigger digital workspace program. And so, yes, strategy was missing and it was, you know, it was um, purely technical focus. So what do you think is part of this AI strategy could be or need to be part of the AI strategy beyond the kind of code of conduct or the do's and don'ts that you oftentimes see companies did over the last month. So they they did or they released some like, you know, it was more like the rules or the do's and don'ts, as I said, for using AI in a, in a compliant and safe way. But on top of that, what needs to be part of the AI strategy, of a good AI strategy? I really think um, to have kind of a visionary or just to have a vision, mm -hmm. how could affect AI the organization in general mm -hmm. and how can they benefit from AI and then think about the different use cases they have in their daily work. Right. And then even think about which use cases are really good for AI and which use cases are maybe better with the human interaction. And based on that, to then, as I said, um, invest in your change management to give your employees the why. So why do the company start with AI? Why are they using Copilot? What is the main goal? Um, to really give this, this, this sense for the, the companies. And then I think it's even be transparent within the company and communicate um, frequently. Um, what are you doing within a company? Um, how do you will use Copilot or what are the next steps? Um, what are the, the possibility as an employee to develop themselves in this new technology and so on um, to really align with your employees? And then, as I mentioned, think about a few steps further. How can we integrate all the core system in this overall digital workplace strategy? Totally resonates with me. I think there is the duality that needs to be done. On the one hand, you got to have this idea about the future. You got to have the vision. You got to have a strategy that consists of technology, change, comms, and all that nicely together. But then on the same time, you, and I love what you said, you just need to 
break it down for employees and make it and communicate about this on an ongoing basis and communicate this in a way that's not frightening, that's kind of inspiring, that's mm -hmm. that sparks people's desire to explore, to try out and to really lean into this, to to overcome this. You know, maybe there's also a kind of an, um, you know, some people, I don't know, it could be age, could be personality kind of, some people like more technologies as others, so that you really, you know, overcome maybe the, the fears or the respect that you have against this yeah. technology and, and you see, you know, make it lighter, make it more fun and make it more kind of small actions, small interventions instead of this big kind of heavy one-off communication. Yeah, definitely. And I think what we've seen the last few years, the employees are more than just a resource. So you have good employees within your company. That's why you've hired them. So enable them to use this new technology. And as you said, enlighten the fire in them that they see, oh, this really helps me in my daily work and not just this is a fraud to me and then to to use this this powerful alliance between employees and ai as i already mentioned so totally agree to your statement pascal another new exciting uh, microsoft tool is viva which uh, promises to revolutionize the data we can have about our own work activity and what also companies can do with this. Can you um, introduce Viva as a suite to us? Yes, of course, it's a pleasure. So I'm a Microsoft MVP with the specialization in Viva. So Viva is really in my heart. Um, what Viva is, it is your employee experience platform in Microsoft. So I think the, the aspect of employee experience is not a new thing, but what Viva does is even here, it is your employee experience into the flow of work. So all the different Viva application with different goals mm -hmm. are directly integrated into Teams. So we have different focus topics. Um, for example, we have this employee engagement where we have on the one hand side Viva Insights, which extract all the data within your organization to indicate your working habits as an organization. And most importantly, of course, to respect um, your personal information. So for, for example, managers are not able to um, down drill into one specific employee, but you see kind of this work habit and even how is the meeting culture and so on. So we have this data-driven insights or workplace analytics. Mm -hmm. and on the other hand, we have Viva Glint, where we have this employee engagement survey um, where we can ask or do service on a regular basis and even there, it is super powerful to imagine we have this data insights, but we have also this emotional feedback from our employees. And what we can do there is to collaborate to each other where we maybe see how do the employees feel and how is this related to the data we have to use them for your well-being initiative within an organization to then provide additional measurements. And this is one aspect. We have this corporate common aspect with Viva Connection, where you can implement the intranet um, and even Viva Engage or former Yammer, as you already mentioned, for the community part within an organization to deliver this togetherness feeling within a company to provide trend and communication and so on. And last but not least, we have even this how to get better, for example, with Viva Learning, you have um, a learning experience directly into teams where you, for example, can connect to SAP SuccessFactor as your LMS and then show all the individual learning content directly into teams to even enable social learning. 
And also we have the Viva goals. Um, for example, if your company is working with OKRs, so mm. objective and key results, where we can display this kind of goal setting directly into Teams. So it's super, super broad. Um, it really pays into your employee experience. And just one last sentence, sorry for speaking so long, but... No, absolutely not. It's okay. Different or many studies shows that it is really an advantage to have a good employee experience because it helps you not only just to hire new talents, but even to keep your top talents within a company. So it really makes a difference if you have a great employee experience or not. So on this um, employee experience topic, it, it seems to me you mentioned that really Teams, Microsoft Teams become even more than it is today in the future, the core technology where all the other kind of satellite tools and technologies are surrounded on and supporting teams. So, so Teams is, will become more and more in the strategy of Microsoft, the place to work. No? Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of your daily hop or mm -hmm. whatever to call it. Because I think this really makes sense if we have a look to our frontline, first-line workers or blue-collars, however mm. you want to call it. Mm. They are not interested if this is SharePoint, if this is Viva, is this mm -hmm. Planner or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They just want to have one tool where they can open it um, on their mobile phone or tablet then just do the work they have to do. They really don't care how it's called in the backend. Yeah. So, and this is what teams enable. You can deliver all the context information. You can deliver all the different use cases in just one integrated hub. And I think this is why it's so, so powerful. Good point. It, and it's mobile. And so easy to understand. It's mobile ready. Exactly. So it, it's in a way becomes it makes it much more inclusive also for for people on the road like sales people and all that. So in a way, I would say then Microsoft Microsoft is trying to push like attack the market of all those Beehive or you know these other mo like intranet on the mobile providers. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely, and that's exactly what we are doing day by day. So. Um, a few years ago, we had even some frameworks in place for internets and so on. But nowadays, it is super easy to just implement your internet directly into Teams or SharePoint without any additional licensing. So I think this is one of the strengths of Microsoft. You have your E3 or E5 licenses, and then you can really optimize it um, to your different use cases um, with the big advantage that you do not have to care about permission or the access or um, single sign-on and so on because it's everything just one platform. I think also like my humble personal opinion, they will Microsoft, they will dominate the, this field. And, and as I said, the others, other kind of mobile intranet solutions on, on other technology platforms, I think they will have a hard time against this dominance of Microsoft. And, and looking now how also things like modern SharePoint become so much better. And as you said, easy to implement. It's like, I don't, I don't see, you know, I think this will dominate this. But um, all right, that's uh, enough about my looking into the glass uh, bowl. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think um, super interesting. I want to lean into this kind of Viva insights for, um, for com. So, I mean, communications is, and we had another episode on this, is quite immature to some regards when it comes to generating data, using data and adapting um, on, based on data like in terms of how they perform the things they're doing what works what doesn't work so so i think there's a lot of still there's a lot of you know gut feeling and you know and mm -hmm. uh, you know i don't i don't like it or i like it like maybe i'm a bit bit harsh on on our own um, kind of industry i belong there myself to this so i can say this you know i belong to corporate comps teams how do you think Viva will help us overcome, uh, become more data-driven as comms department? What kind of insights will we be able to generate in terms of, you know, how data, how content is consumed, what is read, how can we improve um, things? Yeah, I think this is such an important part when we look at marketing or performance marketing. I think this is kind of the 
the key elements. And to be honest, it should be quite similar to internal comms. So what Microsoft does is they launched Viva Amplify, which is kind of your campaign-driven communication tool where you have the, the capabilities to set up a new campaign and then say, where do you want to publish? Would you like to publish within Engage, a Teams channel, or even in SharePoint or internet? But not only that, but then also to see how this campaign performs and to gain more insights, which communication get, um, which feedback. And I think this is one perspective from the comms department. And as I already said, with Viva Insight, we have even this this workplace analytics in general. Um, what are the habits? What are the challenges within um, a cultural or within the culture on, of an organization? And of course, this can even support the comms department to maybe interesting deliver new campaigns, for example, for well-being or for meeting habits, and so on. And I think this data-driven approach is um, super important and will be even more important um, for comms in the future. And so just to add one thing, um, and then, of course, Copilot comes into place because um, you are able to interact with Copilot. And once you have the data, you can then use even AI to get more insights or more or better analytics and so this really goes hand in hand. Listening to you, where what caught my attention was the, the benefit of Viva Glint, uh, where you can do better um, kind of em employee engagement assessments and mm -hmm. surveys. Now, will this, the current reality of how this is done is that you have this yearly, once a year, big employee engagement survey you know, we know these big providers that they do this. You have these 150 questions, takes ages to do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. nobody likes it. And then it ends up in a black hole. You know, nothing happens with this. And so, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's a massive <laughs> analytics effort. Uh, and kind of people feel, oftentimes people feel that, well, you know, thanks for the noise, but what happens now? You know, how will Viva Glint be able to, change this in the sense of it sounds to me that it allows much more ad hoc smaller kind of feedback mechanisms on certain topics in an ad hoc style uh, is that correct yeah exactly so viva glint is really this employee listening tool um, where you are able to do employee feedback or service on a regular basis so it is really designed not to, to to do one big survey once a year, but really do it regular to get this constant feedback for employees um, and not just one big point into the calendar um, once a year, because this even helps then the organization to understand and maybe even to see kind of a trend and within the organization, how the employees feel. And you do not have to link it to Viva Insights, but as I already mentioned, let's imagine we have this employee feedback and we have the data driven. We get completely new insights, how our organization is feeling. Nice. And with that saying, I think more importantly, we've got a better understanding to then use it to do concrete measurements within an organization and to help then your employees to, to getting better, to feeling better, to provide or prevent, uh, better saying prevent um, burnout and so on. And I think this is super powerful and we see, see it even in the market. There are um, really the request on Viva Glint and companies are super interested to use Viva Glint, mm. especially when we think about the frontline workers or the, the employees in general, we are able to use Viva Glint, as I said, in the flow of work, in teams and so on. So it feels even natural um, to do the survey. Yeah. Wow. This is, um, this is 
super powerful. Definitely. Uh, so Viva and 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 co-pilots. Um, how long do you think implementing such two powerful um, technologies uh, with all everything, all the cultural changes and and ways of working changes? How long will this last until this is really fully embedded and lands into the organization and becomes part of like the 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 DNA of the of the work mm. daily work like I remember good old days when Yama was introduced uh, like I don't know maybe six years ago or something and then I remember how much you know time we spent there to introduce and it, it it really took a lot a lot of time to you know get the pickup that you wanted and it seems now Viva engages a little bit more um, kind of things have improved. But it just showed me how long these kind of things takes. And now with even bigger and more powerful and, you know, technologies, what is your assessment? I think it really depends on the maturity the organization have today. Mm -hmm. Because it is kind of the next step within your digital workplace in general. So you need this digital fitness from your employees to then build the next level on top of your building. So I would say it will be the new normal. Um, what we see is that Viva is really this AI enabler for the companies. So I think there is this potential to, to use both platform um, in parallel because they can support each other to drive the engagement and the adoption. However, I think it takes months with a good change and adoption measurement to really enable this DNA, maybe even years when we think about mm. you have to do this mindset shift of how can we use AI to solve problems and not just to use it um, to create new work, Word documents. Yeah, um, or just but to... what we see is mm. it increases quite, quite fast, but the real challenge is to, to keep the, the bar high and not just to have this, this peak and then the usage, usage drops to, to 10% or whatsoever. Mm. Um, so I think you have to do a really, really good change management, but it's definitely worth because um, it enables so much power um, for a company. Yeah, absolutely agree. And it, we come full circle back to the strategy that needs to be there, the, the, the transformation roadmap that needs to be there, there and to keep it top of mind of people, not just You know, I think there's always this risk when you implement something and I've seen it with so many tech tools and as promising as they are, that you have this peak after launch. So you have the uh, high pickup also of apps and all that yep. and people use it. And then you have this massive drop because this intensity is not there. It's more of a sprint style and not a marathon um, that you really, you know, think it as a marathon. And I think one challenge here is that Some companies just think within projects and once the project is done or once yes, the you're right. technical implementation is finished, they just drop and say, as you mentioned, have fun with the new tool. Mm -hmm. But actually, this is not just about technology. It is really how to adopt our working habits with the new technologies. And this is not a thing we can do within project. This is a constantly learning process where we have to, to keep it up or you have to exchange within communities and so on. And I think the companies should have in mind, it seems to be a lot of effort, but it is even more expensive if they implement such a tool and then just drop it. And I think you get the real benefit of it if you get this mind shift within the company. On this mind shift, on this journey, where do you assess companies 
on their kind of internal engagement and education process right now in terms of helping the organization to become AI ready or to have an AI, you know, ready culture that embraces this new change. Where do you think, looking at the companies that you you guys are working with, where do you think people are on or organizations are in taking the people on this journey? Because in brackets, you know, there is multiple studies that show that interesting study that show that the more people, individuals, but also obviously then as a consequence companies invest daily into getting AI or new technology ready, the higher the future income prospects will be. There is there is a clear correlation that I think there was a World Bank report just released that say the more employees invest now into AI skills, the higher their income will be in the future. So how good are companies, where are companies in their journey to start this education and empowerment process? Yeah, I think this is to be super clear and even not just a new thing because we we have also these studies on digital workplace. So yeah. the further the digital workplace is, the more advantage the companies is on the market. And I think um, AI just scaled this approach in a completely new way. And to to come back to your question where the companies are, I think this is super individual. So we have, of course, these front runners where are super mature in the whole digital work place and are able to really fast adopt the new technologies. And then we have, of course, even the last mover where they have the, the file share and think about, should we migrate into the cloud? And, and I think what AI does is it is an enabler to, to thrive the last mover because mm -hmm. they see, okay, we have to do this journey. Otherwise, we are really in the back compared to our competitors. And so it really depends. And it's even super interested to, to consult our, um, our clients um, based on AI strategy, but then even to how can we do a proper co-pilot pilot phase And of course, we have even companies who, who use Copilot right now and now thinking about or have already done the integration to other core system. Such as? Which then even scale the... For example, um, as mentioned, the, the integration to a knowledge base um, or the integration to service now, um, where we then we have this common user interface of Copilot, but the employees are able to ask question or to interact with Copilot um, with information or with data that um, is um, placed within a different tool. Nice, nice, nice. Do you think then there is this might solve this good old problem of, and I've asked this to some visitors in the podcast, of knowledge management? I think there is this, this is this massive area that has never worked. There's this discussion about silo mentality and if we would only know what we know. And so knowledge management is always bad. You know, old SharePoint intranets was also notoriously bad in tagging and finding documents and all that. So that you, we have these graveyards of documents lying somewhere around global organizations. And there is no, like, coming back to your mission of connecting the dots between the different intelligence and stuff. Do you, like, do you think we now maybe are at the point where we can crack this topic and really leverage all the intelligence and the, the documents and the strategies and all that that's lying around that somewhere in the organization and, and use this to come up with future kind of uh, strategies, approaches and all that? I think yes and no. Or am I too, uh, too ambitious and am I still dreaming a little bit? No, no, I think there is definitely this potential and even better, I think we have now the technology to to be so close than ever. However, AI is only as good as your data is. So 
you still have to think about data life science, about permission policy, about governance. So you need to make sure your data is really in a high quality. And I think there is really this potential to have a completely new approach of knowledge management. But knowledge management is only as good as your documents are sure, yeah. um, updated and so on. But I think now is the chance to, to do this transformational shift and to think about, okay, let's do it right, right now. Because labeling, permission policies, governance are not new topics, but AI brings the company now to talk again about these topics. And if they really want to unleash the potential, they have to do it right. So mm. I totally agree. There is this potential, but um, I think it's not done by itself. It, there's some prep work that needs to be done. Yeah. Some... Um Groundwork that needs to be done. All right. So you mentioned this digital workplace. I just um, caught my attention. You mentioned that there is this correlation between digital workplace and performance of a, of a company. So what is the correlation and what is the data you have between having digital workplaces and the general level of employee employee engagement? So is having a digital, good performing, high performing digital workplace with all the elements that we outlined What's the impact on the attractiveness and the level of engagement of within an organization? And also maybe the attractiveness for future talents, for, for hiring the best people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insights on that? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, I would like to mention the book, The Advantage of Employee Experience from Jacob Morgan. He really illustrate how a good employee experience outperform companies on kind of any best list compared to the companies that do not invest in employee experience. So as you mentioned, if you have a good employee experience, you will get better revenue, you will get better sales, you have even better retention on employees because they are feeling motivated, they're feeling happy and so on. So It really helps you on all the different aspects. And we from Component Shot has already our own study um, done 2023 in cooperation with the Technische Universität Darmstadt, um, where we highlight the impact of the maturity of the digital workplace and how it is an advantage on the market, um, not only on attractiveness as an employer, but even um, the way the employees are working. So it is a really benefit. And I think there are many, many other, other studies that um, delivers quite similar results. Uh, well, we at Cozen are also big believers in the customer experience terminology. What I like on this, what we like on this is that it's, It's an ongoing effort that's needed. So, so oftentimes companies says and come to us and say, oh, okay, we need to have, we need to do employee engagement. But we also see this, well, you know, now you need to do certain things to have a good employee experience that over a long time, eventually you'll get to having engaged employees. That's kind of our philosophy. And then I like what you said in mm -hmm. terms of the employee experience, because that is an ongoing multi-touch point process which requires an orchestrated effort of many like everything like we always say that you know yes there's a lot we can do like for our comms perspective to trigger good experiences on the employee kind of journey but there is mm -hmm. so much more like hr kind of daily experiences, policies, digital workplace, of course, everything, how your leader communicate to you. So 
I like this idea. Yeah. We very much believe in this idea of thinking from this, what's very much, very, very much known in the marketing field. And you make the analogy to marketing where you do talk about a customer journey. It's very, very common that you talk about a customer journey and assess the different touch points along a day, along a year or something. And we do this from also we apply this thinking on an employee journey whenever we talk about a transformation process or an implementation of a of a or a cultural change or something so yeah what's your view on this yeah i totally agree i think what's super interesting nobody is questioning if it's worth to invest in customer experience because they know it really makes a difference when they have a good customer experience that this will lead to new revenue and so on. And I think when we hear the the topic employee experience, maybe it just sounds like this is a benefit for the employee. Sounds like feel-good culture. Yeah, exactly. And of course, is it is good for the, the employee, um, but what we are able with employee experience, we can really create this high performance organization. And this leads us to even a benefit for the organization. So it is really a win-win scenario if you have a good employee experience. So for me, it's no question that this should be a top priority as an organization to have an outstanding employee experience because you just can outperform your competitors, not just with revenue, but I think it's super clear when I am motivated in my daily work, I just have another way how I'm going to communicate with my customers. So this hopefully enlight even the fire in M365 for our customers. And with that saying, I think, as you mentioned, this is just kind of customer experience in an internal way. And it helps not just the employees, but the whole organization. Amen. And hopefully this podcast will also... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ...will also help to create more and more of this understanding about this importance of employee experience and the need to, to take this seriously and to dedicate the, the proper time and resources in it. So last two questions. With everything we've heard um, in the digital workplace, what are the things that personally excites you most? Like things that are in the pipeline, things that you know will come over, over the next uh, months and maybe year? I think the, the thing that excites me the most is I know how I will work in the future. Um, it sounds a bit scary, but I think we are just in this maybe once in many, many years lifetime where just everything seems to be in a completely new way with AI. And I'm really excited to see how can we use AI in our daily work and not just or not just not to replace our human beings, but really to use this technology advantage to get better as employees. And Microsoft is just crazy how they invent the daily work new and new again. So they've done it a few years ago with Teams. Now they will do it with Copilot. So I'm just super excited to do all these different projects with our customers. And maybe we can talk in a year or two and then look back um, what happens since then. Definitely. No, I did. I totally echo this. I think I've never, you know, I'm, I'm in this industry of like for employee engagement, internal communication for 20 years. And I think it's never been a time where it feels really there is really a transformation in the way we will work, in the way we will communicate, in the way we will collaborate, engage. Yeah. It's exciting times to be in this industry for sure. Last question. Do you have a tip for good resources for those listeners who are interested in diving deeper into Copilot and Viva? Yeah, first of all, I think there are great documentation of on learn.microsoft.com. So if they are interested in do kind of self-learning, 
I think this is kind of a go-to place. It's all for free. And of course, happy to subscribe me on LinkedIn. I do have my LinkedIn newsletter every... I can only recommend this. Tuesday morning. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. It's called Corp. How, how do the people how do the people get it? Um, just go to my LinkedIn profile and okay. then you will see on the focus topics, co-pilot your day. And my mission or my goal is to deliver all the different use cases and to deliver the potential um, of co-pilot. But um, with my LinkedIn post, I also deliver all the updates that's upcoming in M365 or especially Viva. So yeah, yeah. even if there are some questions upcoming, just reach out to me and I'm happy to support. Super, Pascal. We will definitely include your LinkedIn profile into the show notes and I can only recommend your newsletter to all the listeners. I have subscribed to it myself and I take great value from this. So thanks also for sharing all your knowledge and insights so broadly with the community of communicators um, uh, on behalf of all the subscribers. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Arne. I really appreciate it. Also to, to having me, it was so much fun to talking to you and super interesting. And yeah, just a big thank you to you and your team. Thank you, Pascal. And um, again, the, we have an appointment in one year time where we do talk about the changes that actually then how the digital workplace has indeed um, changed and how AI and associated technologies have landed indeed in organizations. So Pascal, once again, thanks a lot. And uh, until in one year then. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Hey there, and thank you for listening to Future Ready. Future Ready is produced by Cozin, the employee activation agency, on a mission to help employees make sense of change. Find out more at www.cozin.agency. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review or forward this show to someone who you think will love it. Thank you very much for this and until very soon.